Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth. I'm an intimacy coach and psychologist. I created this show to explore the erotic alphabet, to help you learn more about desire and expressing your desires, discover ways to spice up your relationship and create that sizzling relationship you've always wanted. I do this through solid science, real life stories and interviews with an exciting variety of sex experts. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create your ideal sexual life. Make sure you join us to access even more sexual strategies on my blog, A to Z of Sex, access our monthly newsletter with subscriber-only offers at www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of Sex. This episode comes out on January 1, 2018. I'm Dr. Lori Beth, and I am your host. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Just a reminder that this podcast deals with adult content, so if you don't have total privacy, you might want to put on your headphones. Today the letter is M, and M is for monogamy. The Ethnographic Atlas Codebook classifies 84.6% of cultures as polygynous, that is one husband and multiple wives, 15.1% as monogamous, and 0.3% as polyandrous, which is one wife and multiple husbands. Monogamy is ostensibly a a minority life choice when you look at world cultures. When we look at human evolution, hunter-gatherer and tribal societies historically practiced forms of polyamory. So how did monogamy become the preference and even the only legal form of romantic relationship in Western society? Some of this may be due to the spread of Christianity. However, the most agreed upon explanation is that people who were anti-polygyny had a larger and stronger armies. Monogamous groups can grow larger because more men have wives within the group, so they didn't have to leave the group to find wives in another group. Scheidel in 2009 talks about monogamy in Greco-Roman times and says that monogamy was socially imposed and that this allowed men of lower status to marry. In fact, these men were offered the possibility of wives in exchange for military service and for taxes. Monogamy and non-monogamy have pros and cons. Some people are better suited to one form of relationship style than the other. And often people don't choose a particular style but simply absorb what's expected of them based on their family, upbringing, and cultures. Now there are also people who mix relationship styles. So I'm asked often, is it possible to be monogamous in a polyamorous relationship? It is, and I've written on the subject, and it will be the subject of my P podcast in a couple of weeks' time. 
The pros of monogamy. Sex improves over time. If you spend time and attention on your relationship, sex can improve the longer you know each other. There really is nothing like sex with someone who knows every inch of you and all of the things that make you scream. Intimacy of all types can be deeper. There's a deeper intimacy that's born out of sharing with someone for a long time. And this comes of coping with difficult times, living through trauma together, experiencing joy together, sharing each other's achievements. The level of emotional connection becomes more intense over time and interaction. Higher levels of emotional intimacy are associated with higher self-esteem, lower levels of stress, and higher levels of happiness. Of course, long-term positive experiences and even surviving negative experiences together creates a deepening sense of trust. So if we return to sex, um, there are many forms of sexual activity that work best when you're doing them with a partner that you trust. Things like um, BDSM, for example, if you're engaging in this type of sexual activity with someone you really trust, you're able to let go more because you know that they will have your best interests in mind. And so um, you get a much more satisfying, much more exciting experience. Another pro is a higher degree of emotional security. If you choose monogamy and both you and your partner are faithful to your vows, you have a higher degree of emotional security. You know that your partner will have your back no matter what. You have a true partner, that is someone to rely on and someone who will place your well-being high up on their priority list. More physical security. Two working together are often able to create more physical security. Two incomes make sorting out the usual expenses easier and sometimes much easier. Even in households where only one is earning, physical life is easier as the other often provides services and support for daily living. When one person is unable to work, the other is there to foot the bill. Monogamous couples make commitments to each other about taking care of each other when illness strikes. Often, this provides more security than any other commitment. There are uh, very few of us who in life don't have some form of illness or accident that will temporarily incapacitate us. There are a number of us who will have illnesses or accidents that will do more than temporarily incapacitate us, but will incapacitate us for a longer period of time. And our partners are the ones on whom usually the burden falls to look after us during these times. So in many situations, monogamous relationships will provide a higher level of security around knowing that your partner will look after you. Of course, this is not a guarantee. Um, and there are also um, poly relationships in which commitments are made and people follow through on their commitments to look after each other in sickness and in health for example, and there are monogamous relationships where that falls through. Um, another pro of monogamy is a guaranteed cheering section. In a good relationship, your spouse or partner is your biggest fan. They can provide you with acknowledgement of your achievements, motivation, and solace when you fail. 
People who have good support systems have lower stress levels and tend to reach more of their goals. Familiarity. When you are familiar with someone, you feel you can relax fully without worrying that your relationship will fail. Familiarity means that you don't always feel you must be on your best form or best behavior for the relationship to last and continue and continue well. Some of the cons of monogamy. Number one con that's always listed is boredom. When you know everything about someone, boredom can seep into the relationship in so many places. For many couples, this is when a risk of affairs arises. People become unhappy in relationships when they become boring, and they can find it really difficult to break this cycle. In cases where no one has an affair, sometimes one partner will just become emotionally intimate with friends and find that they feel little they want to share with the other partner, which will decrease intimacy further. Growing apart. People grow and change throughout their lives. Sometimes they change in different ways and find that they are no longer as compatible. This is particularly difficult when their sexual desires change and they find they are sexually either less compatible or sometimes incompatible. This can lead to long-term unhappiness and sometimes to depression. Now, there are a variety of situations in which um, sexual intimacy decreases and the relationship becomes sexless. And that can be the thing that leads to growing apart rather than the result of, of growing apart. So it could actually be a cause. Thankfully, there's a lot to do to resolve these issues that can make relationships better if you don't leave it for too terribly long. Relationship burnout. Burnout comes when you rely on your partner to meet all of your emotional needs and sometimes all of your physical needs. It's extremely difficult to meet all the needs of another person. Anyone who's a parent knows how hard this is. When you have a child, your child is 100% dependent upon you. However, this is part of what you take on in parenthood, and it, it has a different feel to it. But even parents become burnt out. Um, in fact, that is a regular occurrence. And... Um, there's a lot that can be done to resolve that, but that's kind of an acknowledged burnout. People are often really ashamed if they're parents and they become burnt out. This is even more difficult when an adult is completely dependent upon you. In healthy monogamous couples, friends and families meet some of the emotional needs of each partner. But there are still many partnerships where... Um, one or both parties feels they need to look to the other to meet all of their needs. Women tend to find it easier to be emotionally intimate. And so they find it easier to create emotionally intimate relationships outside of their romantic relationship. Men still, even now, find that more difficult. So um, men are often the ones who are relying 100% on a partner to meet every one of their needs. And that can cause relationship burnout. 
A desire for variety. By definition, monogamy limits variety in some ways. If you want lots of variety in your daily relationships, monogamy excuse me, won't provide this as well as non-monogamy. Often the desire for variety is a desire for sexual variety, and sometimes monogamous couples don't realize that they can provide far more variety for each other than they're aware of. Sometimes people feel that in order to gain sexual variety, they need to look outside of their relationship, but that is not necessarily true. Familiarity. So whereas familiarity was listed as a pro, it can also be a con because familiarity can also breed complacency. Many of us become complacent in long-term relationships. We may stop taking care of ourselves so well physically. We stop trying to look our best. We may stop doing the special things we did for our partners that we did when we were courting or early on during the honeymoon period of the relationship. Too much complacency can be the death knell of a relationship because partners start feeling taken for granted. Um, they become bored. They feel uncared for, unloved. Not a good situation when you're in a monogamous relationship or in fact any romantic relationship. Now sometimes lower levels of sexually transmitted diseases are, is listed as a benefit for monogamy, but this isn't always true. Research highlights that people who are being unfaithful are less likely to practice safe sex, less likely to be tested for sexually transmitted infections, and less likely to tell their partners than people who are consensually non-monogamous in their relationships. So that means that, in fact, there can actually end up being a higher level of sexually transmitted disease in monogamous relationships because when someone cheats, they're not being safe and they're also then not telling their partner so that everybody can get checked and tested. Sometimes people suggest that lower levels of jealousy is a benefit of being in a monogamous relationship. However, again, this isn't always the case. In 2012, Conley and colleagues did a critical review of the popular assumptions about the benefits of a monogamous relationship. This was published in Personality and Social Psychology Review. She found the levels of jealousy were actually lower in consensually non-monogamous relationships and that jealousy in monogamous relationships was not handled as well as it was in non-monogamous ones. So basically the people who were in non-monogamous relationships managed their jealousy better when they got jealous. Now, what we don't know is why this might be the case. We have some suspicion. So it's possible that it's simply a matter of people who enter into non-monogamous relationships are better at dealing things with better at dealing things like jealousy or become less jealous as a rule and so it wouldn't be surprising if you're in a monogamous relationship and you become jealous you find it more upsetting because that's an area that you're not as comfortable with in any event however 
this isn't necessarily true. It may also be that people who are in poly relationships understand and expect to feel jealous, jealousy. Um, they know that there will be somebody else sharing their partner's attention. And so they prepare themselves more for dealing with jealousy than people in monogamous relationships where um, becoming jealous may be a bit of a shock. It may be their partner is paying attention to somebody, flirting with somebody when this is unexpected, so it may be taking them by surprise. In my experience working with people, monogamy works best for people who are prepared to spend the time, energy, and attention working on the relationship. My tips to make monogamy truly successful. Number one, become emotionally literate. If you master managing your emotions, expressing your emotions well, and resolving your own internal conflict, you will be a better partner and your relationship will benefit. Number two, learn to argue productively. There are ways to disagree that result in productive resolution of the conflict. Couples who manage to do this have happier, more successful, and longer-lasting relationships. So, for example, you need to learn to talk about the behavior and not the person, learn to own your own feelings, and your contribution to the conflict. And those are just a few things that are part of arguing productively rather than arguing destructively. Number three, learn how to apologize and how to forgive. Full apologies include a change in behavior. If you're apologizing for doing something that you know was wrong or you broke an agreement with your partner and you apologize and then you do it again the next day, that apologize, apology means absolutely nothing. A behavior change has got to come with an apology for it to mean anything and for it to start the healing. Now, sometimes we apologize for hurting someone's feelings, but we're, we don't feel we've actually done anything wrong. So if this is what you're doing, you need to make this clear and then continue with your partner to examine what has happened. Forgiveness includes letting go of the conflict. I cannot tell you how often couples have the same argument over and over again. There's the sex talk. There's the housework talk. There's the going down to the pub every night talk. I mean, there are arguments. There's the spending too much money talk. These are arguments that some couples have over and over and over again. For some, this is because the behaviors just never change. And also the expectations never change. So the argument just keeps repeating. For others, it's because one partner is not able to forgive even after an apology and a change in behavior. So these are the ones where every time you have a disagreement, the time when you did something 15 years ago comes up again because your partner's never been able to forgive you for whatever it was you did. And so it's always sore. It's always in, inside and it's always sore. And anytime you have a disagreement, it will come up. And those are the sorts of things that, um, make continuing a relationship incredibly difficult. So it's really important to learn how to forgive 
or to, and also to learn how to recognize when somebody's done something that you know that you just cannot forgive. Number four, make expectations clear and explicit and make clear agreements with each other. Unhappiness often results from expectations not being met. If a couple sits down and talks through expectations and makes clear agreements, then unhappiness is avoided. Good negotiation skills are needed to do this. So if you don't have good negotiation skills, there are a variety of ways you can learn them and it's worth investing in that. Number five, set time aside to enjoy each other and to do things together. Date nights are necessary to keeping a relationship alive and happy. Number six, prioritize great sex. Relationships that have great sex and intimacy are happier and longer lasting. I work a lot with couples on creating powerful agreements and setting in place relationship routines and rituals to keep their partnerships running smoothly with lots of excitement and joy. Each couple's routines and rituals look different, but the emotional and social skills needed to create them and keep them going strong are the same. All of these are improved with practice, and practice doesn't have to be onerous. It can be surprisingly fun. Couples who have these structures in place have a good foundation to last in the long term. Creating an emotional foundation and a good relationship structure raises the probability that your relationship will last the distance, whether your relationship is a monogamous one or a consensually non-monogamous one. Thanks for joining me this week for the A to Z of sex. Please write to me with suggestions for the show and questions you want answered at drlauribeth at a to z of sex.com. That's D-R- L-O-R-I-B-E-T-H at A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X dot com. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Do check out my YouTube channel as well. For a free 30-minute discovery session with me, go to H-T-T-P-S colon forward slash forward slash the dash intimacy dash coach dot com and head to my contact page to click on my calendar and schedule with me directly. If scheduling directly doesn't work, do email me. If you've enjoyed this show, please leave me a review on iTunes or Stitcher. You can do so anonymously, and I'd really appreciate it. I hope you'll join me next week for the letter N, and thank you for listening. Have a happy new year and an amazing 2018. I look forward to sharing the new year with you. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the A to Z of sex. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes and make sure you head over to www.atozofsex.com. That's A-T-O-Z-O-F-S-E-X to subscribe to my free newsletter to help you keep your sex life sizzling. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes as we work our way through the sexual alphabet to discover the wide world of sex, sexuality, desire, and intimacy. Knowledge gives you the power to create relationships that bring you satisfaction and joy. Hope to see you next week.